It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're fixing to have us a good day. Welcome on into Locked On Auburn, your daily Auburn Tigers podcast. Zach and Michael here with you. Happy Thursday, brother. Hello, Zach. Hello, 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 hello. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Huge news for sure. Got a lot of stuff to talk about. Auburn set rules on who will be in Jordan-Hare Stadium this season, specifically the first game. Uh, They talked about uh, no tailgating. We'll get to a lot of listener questions today. But first things first, you brought this up right before we started recording. Our guy uh, Casey Mize last night making his MLB debut. Yeah, four and a third, seven strikeouts. Uh, So he got 13 outs, seven of which were strikeouts. Nice. Um, The team lost. Casey did not take the loss. Uh, He gave up three earned runs. And... uh, and Detroit lost five to three. So I'm sure if you ask him, he would be disappointed that the team didn't win. Right. But I mean, I don't know. I'm proud of him. That's a I am pretty too. Good, yeah, that was cool. I mean, that, good first start. Yeah, that was. Uh, I mean, that was that was national news yesterday. So that's cool. That's cool. That definitely helps Butch Thompson's squad. Hopefully, as he is uh, Zoom calling kiddos and recruiting them, hopefully they uh, they notice that. So that's awesome. And that, Zach, you love uh, you love gifts and. I hope you went online last night and saw the uh, the gif ability of of some Casey Mize pitches yesterday because he was filthy. I didn't see the gifs. Uh, I don't know what a gif is, but uh, I didn't see the gifs. But I'll check it out. I'll check it out. Uh, Auburn announced yesterday that will it'll allow approximately twenty percent of the seats to be filled at Jordan Hare Stadium for games this year. Um. So 20% of the 87,451 fans is just under 17,500. I imagine, um, I don't know, 20% has kind of been what has been set throughout a lot of uh, professional teams as far as the NFL that's going to be happening in a few weeks. I know Alabama was the first school to come out and say that they're going to do 20%. And I think this seems reasonable. I think 20% seems reasonable. It's definitely better than nothing. Yeah, definitely better than nothing. I don't know. It's better than zero. You'd wish it was a hundred. Um, obviously, a hundred's not reasonable at a time like this. But I don't. I mean, yeah, yeah, better than nothing. It, it's it's going to be really interesting to see the way that this works out with um, really uh, across every team that's doing the the twenty percent, whether it's whether it is NFL or college to see. A how it works, yeah. and B how they manage to get tickets to people, right? Because you know a lot of these big NFL teams have twenty thousand season ticket holders. Auburn might have twenty thousand season ticket holders. Oh, they've got more than that, is my understanding. So, um, yeah, I mean, week one it's going to be pretty much students. So. Here's a part of uh, Auburn's statement. In an effort to contribute to the on-campus experience of our current students, all general seating tickets outside of controlled premium spaces and those designated for home and visiting team player and coach guests, we reserve for Auburn students for the home opener on September 26th versus Kentucky. Ticket allocations for future games will be announced at a later date as the season progresses. The seating plan and configuration may change as additional information related to COVID-19 becomes available. So, 
as far as it goes with Auburn taking on Kentucky, it's pretty much just going to be students or just really special people after that. So I think that'll be the best as far as creating a home field advantage. But also it's like if you're Auburn in the athletics department, like you need the people that give lots and lots of money. You want to make them happy. So it's going to be interesting to see how they balance that. Absolutely. And they, I mean, it's going to be weird seeing 20,000 people spread out throughout the bowl. Um, I wonder, especially if it's like, oh, students only, if they like limit them to the student section, thinking like, you know, the students, they don't want them to touch the whole stadium. Alan Green put out, he wrote a letter to the Tigers Unlimited people, and he said that attendees will need to socially distance and wear masks. So I assume that they'll just spread the students out both levels of Jordan here. That was, that's my assumption, which is going to look really weird. It's going to look super weird. How much would it stink to be one of the students who got like the upper deck, the upper deck tickets? I mean, it's going to be a big chunk. It's going to be a big (laughs) chunk. Alan Green's drawn a lot of criticism or I guess just Auburn as a whole. When they sent out that letter yesterday, they're like, hey, yeah, you're not going to be able to get all of what you're paying for, um, but or, or you may not get anything, but could you please just like not ask for a refund um, so we can like fund everything? I'm like, that's interesting. It's a bold move. I bet a lot of people do it, but, but a lot of people don't as well. So I uh, mentioned face coverings are required. Auburn also announced that no tailgating would happen on campus. Had a few listeners reach out wanting us to do kind of a tailgate show type thing, so we may need to figure out how to do that. That would be awesome. If we can figure it out, that would be awesome. Yeah. But I don't think that's a, a huge shock, to be honest, <laughs> with what's right. going on. Uh, tailgates aren't, uh, a lot of times, they're not the cleanest places in the entire world, but. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we'll get there. Yeah. We'll get there. All right. So that's some of your news. And if you have any uh, ideas as far as what you would want us to do for like a tailgate show type thing, let us know. Reach out to us. Lots of ways to do that. 205-502-4285. Or you can shoot us an email, lockedonauburn at gmail.com. We'll get to a bunch of listener questions in just a moment. Want to give some love to our friends at rockauto.com. They're a family business. They've been serving auto parts to customers online. For over 20 years, you can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. They have everything you need regarding the engine control modules, brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even now uh, they have carpet. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, get everything you need in just a few easy clicks. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car, truck, or SUV. Just write locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. That's at rockauto.com. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
All right, Pappas, we have some listener questions. 205-502-4285. These are all texts. Um, you can also leave voicemails. we got a few of those that we need to get to. So you ready to roll? Hey, guys, what's up? This is Blake, and I'm new to the show. Welcome, Blake. And I love it. We love you, Blake. Keep up the good work. I'm so tired of lame, bold prediction lists. So with that being said, here are five, in all caps, actually bold predictions. All right. Number one, Anthony Schwartz will have more total yards than Seth Williams. I think that's pretty bold. Yeah. Um, sure. I think we're, we're tipping the scale of bold there, but yeah. I like it. That's fine. Uh, two, Roger McCreary will have seven interceptions this year. That, to me, is more bold. R- really? Yeah. Interesting. Uh, that would be absolutely ridiculous. You, you are correct. I mean, seven interceptions is in 10 games is an unreal number, but I still think that's more likely than the first one. Teams just don't throw to Auburn's first corner. They just don't do it. Um, all right. Three, Jaron Handy will be first team all SEC. That may be more bold than the first two. I think that's the least bold of the, <laughs> of the first three. <laughs> all right. Number four. I mean, no, go ahead. Auburn, other teams might not throw at Auburn's first corner, but Auburn doesn't throw to Anthony Schwartz. Uh, so that's unless, true. Unless they're going to suddenly start handing him the ball 20 times a game. I don't know how he gets more yards unless Seth Williams gets injured, which, which I guess could happen. And dude, don't even say that. What are you I, doing? I, why would you even say that? Uh, Jaron, like, I don't know. Jaron Haney's going to get playing time. Maybe he'll be incredible. Yeah, maybe he pops. I don't know. I don't know. Number four, Bo Nix will double his touchdowns from last year. Yeah, I mean, that would not be shocking. Uh, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the <laughs> most likely so far. Uh, number five, Smoke Monday will have four sacks off of Blitz Package. And bonus six, Sal Canelo will be an assistant coach at Auburn by this time next year. I love Sal Canella. I do not think that'll happen. But uh, I don't either. He's he's all in on Nella Designs, and so am I. Smoke so. Monday having four sacks off Blitz Package. I'm okay with that. I don't think that's going to be the guy they blitz. Um, but I don't know. It could happen. I like these. Where'd he go, Blake? Where'd he go? Uh, 205-502-4285. This is another uh, text that we got. Despite beating Alabama last year and LSU losing their best player, why isn't Auburn considered a favorite in the West? It could be my Auburn bias, but it would seem to me like they have a better chance this year considering the quarterback experience they're bringing to the table over LSU or Bama. I can't speak to A&M other than the history of consistently beating them the last several years despite having Kellen Mond and Jimbo Fisher. What are your thoughts on that? Theoretically, I think that the person asking this question is exactly right. Um, on paper, you'd probably say that, you know, with the QB experience and a lot of the the defensive experience and the skill position experience that Auburn's bringing back, yeah, maybe they could be, you know, the favorite. And then you remember that Alabama just reloads the with the five stars. Yeah. Uh, and, like, at wide receiver, they lost their – Maybe they're top two guys, skill level wise, but like they're reloading with 
two other guys who they think are going to be top 12 picks or whatever. So it's like, it's, it's stupid. Oh. It is so dumb. And, and then you remember that last year, um, one of the knocks on Alabama was that like their whole defense was injured and weren't very good. And kind of when you dig a little deeper, it's like, Oh, right. They were like all freshmen and sophomores because of all their injuries, mm-hmm. which means those guys are all very experienced juniors and sophomores this year. And it's still a Nick Saban defense and still is full of four and five stars. So, and so then it's like, oh, here comes Alabama again. LSU, I don't really understand. Um, I think that it's much more likely that last year is an outlier in Coach O's career. Yeah, you said something similar to that on yesterday's Locked on Auburn. And it got a lot of positive response with people agreeing with you. And I get the the whole, like, well, they won the Natty last year. You got to give them some love going into the next season. And I'm fine with that. But just talking to folks, like when Phil Steele came on before his magazine was released, so I didn't really know where he had Auburn. But he was like, yeah, Auburn fourth in the West. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, how in the world does that happen? And now, you know, since then, the schedule's shifted around a little bit. And it's like, okay, Auburn's got a pretty tough schedule, tougher than, than some of the other teams that we're talking about here. But when you look at it, though, I, I totally agree with you. I don't understand the argument for LSU over Auburn. At least with A&M, you have the argument of, well, you got like 17 starters coming back. Now, how much better are those starters going to be from last year to this year? Probably not that much better because I don't think they started a ton of freshmen last year. And so like that jump that you have from your sophomore to junior year or your junior year to your senior year, is just it's just not as drastic. That's just kind of you know what you can expect there. And also... Say what you want about the guy, but like Kellen Mond's not like a world beater. Like he is, uh, like he's still your quarterback. So I still think you naturally have a ceiling if you're a and uh, yeah, if you're Texas A and M. I and and the only argument that I can come up with with LSU is they were really, really, really good, historically good last year, and that doesn't matter in 2020. It doesn't matter at all. So uh, I'm right there with you. Um, I, I like this question as far as Alabama from a talent standpoint. I think they're just up and away. So much better than anybody else is playing college football this year, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see how the season turns out for them. We'll see. Yeah, and Mac Jones was. I mean, I know he only played in like three games. He or looked whatever, good. But he, yeah, he was still pretty good. Uh, he threw two picks against Auburn, but he also threw for four hundred and fifty yards and five touchdowns or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Alabama. I understand. I I, I think that. It should be like Alabama number one and number two should be, you know, Auburn, LSU, Texas A&M. Like, I really think that everyone else is kind of in the same boat. Um, and the gap between Alabama and everyone else is not nearly as large as it used to be. That's true. I agree with that. I agree with that. All right, we got a few more listener questions. Uh, actually, real quick, Mac Jones, you, you talked about some of his numbers. I mean, this guy threw a 100-yard touchdown pass in the, uh, in the Iron Bowl. Yeah, he did. It was just to the wrong team. To a linebacker. You know how hard that is? All right. More Locked on Auburn in just a moment. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. 
All right, we got a few more listener questions. Michael Pappas, 205-502-4285. Hey, guys, Ben from North Georgia. I have to disagree with Pappas on who knows the defense more between Britt or Papo. I think this text is in response to when we uh, were talking about like, who would be the most um, valuable, like, who would you want to lose the least on the uh, defense. In Steele's defense, or in Steele's defense, the on-field general of the defense is the middle linebacker, not the outside backer. If Britt goes down on the coordination, we'll go to the next in line for middle linebacker, not Papo. That is correct, but that doesn't necessarily mean that Britt like knows the defense better than Papo. And honestly, for all we know, like technically the backup middle linebacker could be Owen Papo. Yeah, like if Britt wasn't available do you move papo there and move other guys around yeah that we don't know that that is true that is Um, true is chandler wooten technically well they don't even do hold on they don't even do middle linebacker and outside linebacker right it's mike and will yeah yeah so mike is your strong side and will is your weak side yeah because they only play two um anyway so i don't know i guess who wooten's who wooten is technically the backup for but I really feel like... I believe Wooten KJ, is the backup Will currently, so he would back up Zacoby. Zacoby. Mm-hmm. Wait. The backup Will, he would back up Papo. If they're in nickel, yes. Because in nickel, there's only two. There, I thought there were always only two. Nope. Thought, Auburn runs a 4-3. Okay. I thought Auburn just like always played a 4-2-5, to be honest with you. Um, um, when, when they go nickel, when they take a linebacker off the field, yeah. But their base is a 4-3. Okay. With a buck defensive end. Um, yeah, cool. Uh, Gus, uh, another question, 205-502-4285. Gus talked a lot about third string in his press conference. Can y'all do a most excited about player and biggest concern of the third string players? Uh, quarterback comes to mind there. I also think um, I also think depth in regards to the offensive line and wide receivers is a concern there. Um, this is coming from John from Georgia. I think Auburn is fine in regards to the running back. There's three or four running backs that I feel comfortable with Auburn riding with. Defensive line we think is going to be fine. We just talked about all the linebackers Auburn has. I think that's going to be fine. Defensive back, as far as corner, may be an issue. I feel fine about their safety. Their guys in the middle of the field. Their guys on the outside of the field. That may be another one. Like if the cornerback room somehow got plagued with COVID this year and they couldn't play, that could possibly be an issue. So my actually my answer for that is either going to be offensive line or corner. Yeah, I, I like that answer. Those are positions that both require a lot of skill, and you know, uh, usually on most teams, there's there's a pretty decent drop off between first string and second string, much less third. Right. Um, and, and you don't see uh, you, you don't see freshmen come in very often and be like really big impactors on offensive line or at corner. Um, I actually kind of disagree with the wide receiver part. Okay. Um, With the wide receiver class that Auburn just brought in and then adding Malcolm Johnson Jr. to that. uh, I mean, if they had to play four freshmen, I feel like they could pull it off based on what we're hearing. I mean, we've been talking about Kobe Hudson actually getting first team reps because he uh he's so natural he's just such a natural natural receiver receiver, absolutely um i don't know the reason i didn't 
buckle down and go down with a wide receiver. I just don't really trust freshman wide receivers at all, and especially in Auburn's history. But it seems like if it was ever going to happen where freshman wide receivers just started taking over, it would be right now because they've got a lot of really talented guys. Um, When we kind of look across college football right now, it feels like wide receiver and quarterback somehow are kind of the two positions where it's been easiest, I guess, for freshmen to to break out, you know, and, yeah. and like really make an impact. Uh, John from Georgia also says, P.S. Shady Rays sunglasses I won are amazing. I wear them every day. I'm glad you enjoy them, John. I'm glad you enjoy Heck them. John. Last question for the day. This is Brandon from Troy. Hey, Brandon. I have a question for you guys. How does Tennessee before Alabama impact us and how bad is it to have Texas A&M after Alabama? Yeah, Brandon, we talked about this a little bit yesterday or on a Tuesday show. I hate, I hate the back-to-back there. I, I, I don't like anything about the Tennessee game, and I don't like the Iron Bowl not being the... Uh, I take that back. I, it's just a tough run there with, with Tennessee, Alabama, then A&M. But is it tougher than going LSU-Alabama, which is what we thought we were going to have to do you know, a few months ago? So... Uh, I I am building up that Tennessee game in my head way more than I think most people are. So, Pappas, you may need to answer this better than me, but I um, how does it impact us? I think it's going to be very physical regardless of how the game wraps up, and I think that's a big deal because you want to be as fresh as possible for Alabama. And then, you know, it, there's always this stat that floats around every season, like what happens to teams after they play Alabama. Once again, extremely physical, and it just kind of stretches you mentally with what they have to do and what you have to prepare for. It's going to be tough to play AM the week after that. And if you lose to the Iron Bowl, how do you bounce back? How do you rally back from that in just a few days? Pap, as you talked about that yesterday as far as getting ready for AM. So it's tough. It is, um, I mean, that's a tough way to end the season. Yeah, I think that there is a pretty close to 100% chance that if Auburn loses to Alabama, they will lose to Texas A&M. Just because if they lose to Alabama, like the season's over. Right? That's that's the game that really matters. And like if you if they lose that game, it, it's going to be so hard mentally to to like get back up to play Texas A&M and it's not something that like even the older guys have ever had to do before. Yeah. So it's not even like they can like rally the troops or whatever. So uh I think I think that's the Texas A&M after Alabama is extremely difficult. Um I don't know. I think Tennessee before Alabama is definitely easier than LSU before Alabama I at agree. least on paper right now. I agree. I agree. Um, Pappas, where can we find you, bud? Follow me on Twitter at CouchPapTato. Follow me on Twitter at Z Blackaby. Follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Auburn and the podcast on uh, Instagram at Auburn Podcast. We are also on TikTok. We'll be back tomorrow right here on Locked On Auburn. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait, find locked on college basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day.